Good evening, everybody. Good to see you this evening. Well, this is a really good opportunity to embarrass my girls. <clears throat> You're going to stand up there, girls. I'll introduce you. Go on. This is Kaylee, and this is Mackenzie, and then my beautiful wife, Leanne, sitting there. So it's good to be with you, and uh, it's a pl pleasure and a privilege to be with you. I'm grateful for a few of our crowd to come down from Sunshine Coast. We, the last Sunday of the month, we have lunch together, and then we have our evening service at two o'clock, and uh, so it worked really well to be able to have church up there, and then we wander down here after our evening service, and it's good to have some of the folks with us tonight. So, if you got your Bibles, uh, let's turn to Luke chapter nine uh, this evening. I'm uh, going to share with you some thoughts from this passage of scripture, but it's a bit of a testimony too, personal testimony is, uh, or personal illustration in amongst it, um, but there's some good, good lessons here for us, I think, some, some good help. Uh, we're about halfway through the year, aren't we? Uh, end of the financial year, we're in amongst doing our tax and all that rubbish and you know, it gets a little tiresome and we can get a bit weary about halfway through the year and, uh, you know, we may have been running well the last six months and keeping our eyes on what we need to be as Christians, but in amongst the labour and the busyness, sometimes we can lose sight of things, uh, but sometimes through pain and through distractions and heartaches and uh, we can just lose sight of what we need to have our eyes on. And so just wanted to share some thoughts with you about that. So uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 57, through the end of the chapter, through to, we'll read through chapter 10 and verse 3. So it's going to be Luke chapter 9, verse 57, and we're going to read down through to chapter 10 and verse 3. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord... I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plough, and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. After these things, the Lord appointed other seventy also, and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place, whither he himself would come. Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the labourers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth labourers into his harvest. Go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're just grateful for your word, thankful for the instruction in it and the help we can get. And my Lord, I just ask and I pray, would you be pleased to uh, bless the reading of your word to our hearts, to our minds, and Lord, would you be pleased to help us now as we 
come to the preaching of your word, thankful Lord for the good singing, stirred my soul, uh, prepared my mind and Lord I pray and I ask that you'd help us Lord now in the preaching of your word how I need the help of the Holy Spirit but Lord I pray for those that sit before me would you be pleased to fill them with the Holy Spirit that they may be able to receive the word and apply the word to their hearts and Lord we look to the Holy Ghost of God to do that and uh, to minister the word in each and every individual. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I want you to notice uh, verse 62, and there's two words down towards the end of that verse, uh, and those words are looking back. Looking back. We just need to be really careful we don't look back. Uh, It's very easy to look back and we'll look at a few different things about that. But the main thought tonight and what I want to exhort you uh, is to be careful not to look back. And if you are looking back, just to give you a little bit of a slap around and get you looking in the right direction, right? Uh, Sometimes we need that. But just be careful you don't be looking back. Now let's just go back just quickly. Go back with me to verse 37 of chapter 9 and I'm not going to read this, I'm just going to sort of break it down, make some comments, just to give us a little bit of context as to what's going on. Uh, Verse 37 through verse 42, we see Jesus rebuking his disciples and casting out an unclean spirit. You notice that, notice what he said in verse 41, and Jesus answering said, O faithless and perverse generation, and he's speaking to his disciples, how long shall I be with you and suffer you? Bring thy son hither. And so he's, he's talking to them there and he's giving a rebuke and then he casts out the devil there and he's wandering along a little bit further. And notice verse 43 through verse 45, Jesus reveals his end, but the disciples don't understand. Jesus tells him, tells the group there exactly what's going to happen and they don't get it. Uh, do you know that that's an encouragement to me when I'm out on the street talking to people and they don't get it? Jesus told them and they didn't get it. So don't be surprised, don't be discouraged. Sometimes you tell people some stuff and they just don't get it. It'll sink in later on. And it did later on. Notice verse 46 through verse 48, uh, Jesus' disciples are disputing over who's the greatest. Well, doesn't that sound like you or me? We can get caught up in that rubbish, can't we? And we need to be really careful we don't get worried about who's better and who's, who's a better Christian and who's a better giver and who's a better singer and who's a better Bible reader and all the rest. There's no need to be worried about that. That's looking at the wrong thing. Uh, but we have our human nature has a tendency to worry about who's the best. Uh, you know, the best was standing right there. I mean, Jesus was there. He's the greatest. And they're all standing around arguing who's the greatest. I think they had their eyes on the wrong thing, didn't they? Uh, And we can be in danger of doing that as well. Notice verse 49 through verse 50. Jesus tell uh, John tells Jesus he rebuked another. Uh, Here's John. He I kind of I I may be wrong, but I sort of feel like he's sort of flicking his suspenders a little bit and sort of got his chest puffed out and you know sliding up there next to Jesus and trying to impress Jesus is what he did and uh, he rebuked somebody else for casting out devils and they because they weren't wasn't work, walking with the disciples weren't walking with Jesus and Jesus said you if he's not against us he's for us what are you doing 
And we can learn something there too. Sometimes we can be in danger of putting our walls of separation too high. And uh, just because everyone doesn't uh, dot their I's and cross their T's exactly like you and me, uh, doesn't mean they're necessarily against us. Uh, we need to stand for truth and we need to stand for right, but we just need to be balanced in how we do that, I believe. And I, I believe that's what he's saying there. Uh, notice uh, verse 51 through verse 56 uh, Jesus sets his face for Jerusalem. Uh, what's that mean? Well, it means he's headed to Calvary. He, he's, Jesus is headed to Calvary. He set his face to Jerusalem. He knows where he's going and he knows why he's going there. He's headed in a direction. Aren't they heading through Samaria and uh, one of the cities didn't receive them? We see James and John. Well, we'll just call fire down on that city. And Jesus said, fellas, you, you don't understand the spirit that you are of. I didn't come here to destroy men's lives. I come here to save them. And so we need to keep that in mind as well, don't we? We need to be sure we're of the same spirit. So Jesus has set his face for Jerusalem. And now when we get from to verse 57 through 62, we see three different people following Jesus. So you see the context of what's happening here? Jesus is headed to Calvary. He set his face for Jerusalem. Notice verse 57 and verse 58. Here we see an individual. Let's read it again, just these two verses. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, the way to Jerusalem, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. Uh, I see here a hasty man. And you know there's some people that are just hasty. They're quick to put their hand up. Oh, I will. And then they just don't. Uh, you've seen that. Uh, if we've been in church, that, not even in church, just out in the workplace, in the family, there's, there's always there's that hasty one. I will. But notice what the Lord Jesus did. The Lord Jesus didn't say, oh, that's wonderful. Come on, let's go. Let's, let's do this thing together. Jesus said to him, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has not where to lay his head. Foxes got a hole to claw, crawl in. Birds have a nest to roost in for the night. I got nowhere. Mate, you can follow me, but it, it might get a little uncomfortable. And my point is this, if you're going to follow Jesus, be prepared to be uncomfortable. He's going to ask you to do some uncomfortable things. He's going to, do, he's going to ask you to do some things that are not very convenient. But if you're going to follow him, that's the price. Don't be too hasty just to throw your hand up and say, I will, without realising it. it. It just may get uncomfortable at times. And it will, it sure will. Notice verse 59 through verse 60. We have the second individual. So the first, there in verse 57, we had a man sort of throw his hand up and said, I will follow. And then here in verse 59, and he said unto another, Jesus did, follow me. So as he's continuing in the way, he comes across another man and he said to that man, follow me. But that man responded. Notice how he responded. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Well, isn't that just like you and me? Me first. Do you see that in that verse? Jesus said, follow me. He said, me first. 
What's the point there? Well, here I see the hesitant man. There was a hasty man, but now we've got a hesitant man. Jesus said, follow me. The Son of God said, follow me. And his response was, me first, then I will. He hesitated. Folks, if you're going to follow Jesus, you can forget about me first. Uh, Me first has to go on the cross. Me first needs to be crucified. It's going to cost self to follow Jesus. My career first, then I will. I'll get married first, then I will. I'll get my education first, then I will. I'll build my business, then I will. Whatever. Me first doesn't work. It's got to be Jesus first. Remember, he's headed to Jerusalem. He's headed to Calvary. So we see a hasty man, we see a hesitant man, but... Then notice with me verse 60, uh, 61 and 62. And here we have the third man. Uh, Here we have the third man. And and another also said, Lord, I will follow thee. But let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. So here we have... The homebound man. We've got a hasty man. We've got a hesitant man. But I see a homebound man. He he wanted to follow Jesus. But he said, before I do follow you, I just got a few things I need to do at home first. You know, family can hold you back. Sentimentality. Your love for your wife. Your love for your husband. Your love for your parents. Your love for your children. You just better be careful you don't. Put them up as idols. You better be careful that your loved ones don't hold you back. Jesus said, if you, if you don't love me, if you don't, if, you, if you don't hate them, if you don't love me more than you love them, you, you can't follow me. It's, it's me first. It's Jesus first. It's not family first. I love my wife. She's my most favorite human being. But if I'm going to follow Jesus, she can't be first. She has to come second. Does that hurt sometimes? Yeah, sometimes that makes makes making decisions difficult sometimes. Because it pulls on my heartstrings and pulls on those strings of sentimentality. But folks, if we're going to follow Jesus... We better make sure it's him first. And here we see a homebound man. You know, home's just comfy, isn't it? Maybe the Lord's stirring your heart and sending you and and pointing you to go across the oceans and to be a missionary or whatever and you're hesitating there and you're just, ah, but I got my home. Oh, don't worry about home. Worry about Jesus. Whatever it is. So we see a hasty man, a hesitant man, and a homebound man. Notice what the Lord Jesus said in verse 62 to this man. And Jesus said unto him, No man, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what your spiritual lineage is, makes no difference. Doesn't matter what your last name is, it makes no difference. No man, having put his hand to the plough, And looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. 
He said, if you're going to follow me, you just better follow. Uh, has, has anybody done any ploughing? few of you, few people have done some ploughing. How about raking hay? Cutting hay, raking hay. The, another illustration is just mowing your lawn, you know, and you're trying to mow your lawn and you're looking at the butterflies and the flowers and whatever and it's like this, you know, and then you try and get a straight one to straighten it up. If you're going to plough a straight line, if you're going to mow in a straight line, if you're going to rake the hay in a straight line. you just got to get something out there on the horizon and you've just got to hold the steering wheel and you've just got to watch that and you've just got to drive. The moment, you do, the moment you begin to look over your shoulder, you do see Kaylee, she's learning to drive. <laughs> Check your mirrors, hun, before you change lanes. Check your shoulder, hun, before you change lanes. You know, that's what they all do. We have a tendency to do that, don't we? You do that. If you're ploughing, you've got to be looking forward. The moment you look over your back, you begin to err. You begin to stray off the straight and narrow way. And he said, if you're going to follow, if you're going to follow me and you're going to lay your hands to the plough, you can't be looking back because the moment you look back, notice the term that's, that's given. And looking back, uh, no man having put his hand to the plough and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. What's that word? I want you to notice that that word is fit. That word fit means well-placed or useful. Folks, you might have been ploughing a straight row and raking a straight line of hay and mowing a straight line for the last six months. But we're halfway through the year. We're in winter. And we tend to get a little lazy. Just be careful. You don't take your hand off the plough and look over your shoulder because the moment you do that, you become unfit. I'm not saying you lose your salvation. What I'm saying is you be, you're no longer well-placed. You're no longer useful to the Lord. Does that make sense? If I'm going to be useful for God, if I want God to use me, I just better be looking straight ahead. I have a personal illustration. Brother, could you throw that picture up there for me, please? There's a, there's a picture here. You see that picture? This is a personal illustration. Probably not going to mean a thing to you. I went to the R.M. Williams store a couple of weeks ago and uh, bought some polish for my boots. And while I was in there, she asked me if I wanted an Outback magazine. I said, no, thank you. It's too depressing. She put two in my bag. <laughs> <clears throat> this one is from... Uh, December last year and January this year. Uh, you're all familiar with the Outback magazine. Do you know what it is? Raise your hand if you don't know what it is. Okay, so the Outback magazine is a very important magazine. <laughs> and what it is, it's, a, it's stories from Outback Australia off the cattle stations and cattle properties and they do interviews and they go out and take photos and different stories from the bush. And uh, 
those of you that don't know, I'm from the bush. I love the bush and the bush is in my heart and I've grown up in the bush and the bush is very dear to me. And anyway, I got these magazines and I sat them on my coffee table and they sat there for a couple of days and I was 